Welcome, welcome, welcome back to the Who Do You Think You Are podcast. I am your host, Kelly De Jesus, and welcome to episode four, New York State of Mind. Um, just like Mr. Nazir Jones, I didn't even know how to start this one off. Uh, first things first, uh, thank you guys for coming back and listening. Um, I want to give a birthday shout out to... My son, my eldest, he turns nine tomorrow, Monday. Um, so this episode is going to be called New York State of Mind. I think that a lot of my personality traits, a lot of my way of being is because of the great state of New York, the great city of New York. Um, it's a special place. It is the world's capital for a reason. It's because we're a big melting pot of cultures. Uh, even though, as I was discussing yesterday, how New York is so divided as far as by neighborhood. Like, everybody knows this neighborhood belongs to this culture, this neighborhood belongs to that culture. Um, down to going down to the beaches. And then there's some neighborhoods where it's like, we're so integrated that literally it's, this street is these people, this street is that people. But it's not like how it may seem like these borderlines where you can't cross over or anything like that. It's just that, you know, by nature, animals stick to their own. You stick to your pack. But in New York, it's awesome because, you, you know, if you want a, let's say, um, Chinese food, you don't have to just eat the Chinese food that's around your way. You choose to. But you go down to Chinatown and eat real Chinese food, real Asian food. You go out to Queens, um, eat some real Asian food. Um, if you want, you know, like sausages and all that kind of stuff. And you know, it's not difficult to get all of that. You don't have to go to a specialty store, like trying to find one in your neighborhood, because all you gotta do is go to like the Polish, Russian area, and you're gonna have so many stores to choose from that I literally walk into anyone, including the supermarket, and go grab the best, you know, type of sausages and stuff like that. Um, pause. That's a New York thing, too. Pause. Um, but, yeah, so having access to so many different cultures was such a huge deal. I didn't realize it until now that I don't live in the, in the state, the city. Um, I realized it through my travels that it's like a lot of places might have some diversity, but still it's uh, not like New York City. The accessibility of things over there, it's really the city that doesn't sleep 24-7. You go grab some fresh Mexican tacos the same way you go get a gyro breakfast or whatever. We just got it at all times. And with that, comes a different realization like you do, I never really thought I saw color uh it was simple it was you're either black white or hispanic that was it and to me it never really mattered um to a degree growing up Dominican 
uh, there's still a lot of racism. Never towards the white man, a woman or the white person, but definitely within ourselves and the darker skin, especially black people, is was this fear. And I feel like immigrants come here and they get instilled this American fear for black culture, which is weird as hell to me. But especially when immigrants get treated the same or if not worse than African-Americans. So I can remember growing up, you know, it was always, you can't, you know, when you go out, you can't have a girlfriend darker than you. You can't have, you can't do this. Or when I started listening to hip hop music, well, you think you're black? Oh, yo, yo, yo. And it's like, I always felt so disrespected. Um, especially because I did know that there was no difference. I did know that when, even though my mom was spending buku bucks down in Bloomies or whatever, downtown, buying me this Gap, Banana Republic, all this other crap, like, I saw the looks. I realized my mom and I were being followed in stores, that people always wanted to ask, do you need any help? And look, this is on sale. I peeped that early. It bothered me because my mom would vocally, like, get pissed because to her it was like, to this day, my mom like, sale? Fuck I look like? Because my mom works hard. She earns hers. And she likes fancy, bougie things, no matter how crazy it is. But she earned it, so there's nobody to knock her. Uh, super bougetto. Um, bougetto means you want to be bougie and live in the ghetto. A uh, mix of that bougie and ghetto. I, I didn't come up with that term. I think that was the St. Lunatics or something. Nelly's group. But neither here or there. So, yeah, I noticed all these lines early. But I also noticed that it was about how you carried yourself. Because um, my one uncle that raised me for the most part, like I said, he would take me down to Central Park to feed the horses. And um, he would constantly have me around the city. Basically, he was my giant tour guide. It didn't seem like he was treated very different. But he also didn't have an accent. He spoke English perfectly. He was from Panama. And I don't know how far his education, how far he went, but he always came off as very smart to me. And I never, ever noticed that because noticed the, like, him being treated certain because even down to how he dressed, he didn't dress like people from uptown dress. He dressed like normal people dress. Well, I guess normal, like, you know, white or whatever, like America. Uh, even myself now, I can't say I dress like normal people dress. I still dress like a kid. I love sweatpants and hoodies. I love dry fit. I love sneakers. Um, That's just me. That's my preference. When I got to dress, you know, Dapper up. Everybody knows that Kelly fresh to death. But I guess that's when I started noticing, you know, that how you carried yourself gave you certain status, especially in New York City. Um, it's very easy for everybody to be like, oh, no, it's because I'm black. Oh, no, it's because I'm Hispanic or whatever. I'm like, yeah, leave your neighborhood. Stop fearing other neighborhoods and you'll realize that those people are going to receive you with open arms. Um, when you stay stuck in your neighborhood and you have white cops or black cops coming in, 
and constantly want to bond you or whatever, it's very easy to be like, oh, it's because I'm Hispanic. Or it's because I'm fit. And it's like, no, it's because dumb stuff is going down in your neighborhood and we can't tell you apart. Not that we all look alike, but when you're not from the culture, guess what? Doesn't matter who you are. If you're white, all black people look alike to you. All Asians look alike to you. If you're Asian, all white people look alike to you. All black people look alike to you. And right and all the way around. It's not racism. It's just ignorance. And ignorance is not always a bad thing. Ignorance is the lack of knowledge. Plain and simple. You could put a couple different Asian people in front of me. That's and the only ways I'm gonna tell people apart is okay, you're Asian towards like China, Japan, Korea side, and you're Asian towards the India side. That's the probably the only thing that I could tell difference. And that's literally because that's that far apart. But, you know, it's telling me like, oh, that person's Chinese or they like Japanese. And I'm like, how do you know? Why can't you just say they're Asian? Because it's very difficult to just pinpoint. That's like saying, oh, that person's super black. He must be from Africa. Uh, no, that's not how that works. But again, I learned that all, you know, throughout New York, Moving around the city throughout my whole life, um, I never got stuck in Washington Heights. Yes, I said the word stuck because so many people are stuck in their neighborhood. Yeah, you took the train to wherever, and as soon as you were done with the working school, you got on the train right back to your neighborhood. Not me. Not I. I said I have family in all boroughs, so for me it was very easy to take off and and explore the other boroughs. And the more I did that, the easier it became for me to constantly want to leave my own neighborhood because things were going down in Brooklyn that I didn't see in Uptown and Harlem. Things were going down in the Bronx that I wasn't seeing in Brooklyn and Uptown. And then there's things going down in Uptown that you can't see either anywhere else. So it was just that constant movement. Uh, Queens... For the most part, I never really cared for Queens until my time living in Queensbridge with my aunt, uh, which was towards my high school years. It was a good two or three year run. And there I saw a lot. Uh, I started understanding now what all these rappers are talking about, like these rappers that I used to like, like from there, like again, Mob Deep, Nas, like Nori. You know, when I went over to the left, right, I'm like, oh, this ain't that far. Like, they talk about left frack and QB, like, it's miles apart. Like, nah. Um, but I did realize the difference from that side of Queens to, like, the side of Queens where my family was from, you know, like, the Corona and all that other side. Um, it was grungy. But it was fun. We had a lot of fun. But there was a lot of things that went down there. Like, first times I seen actual gunshots, like, from a rooftop. I seen people shooting out like in I don't know how to explain in the projects like there's pathways to connect all the buildings and there's always benches and in this basketball court to to see a shootout like in that pathway not in the main street not on 40th or 41st none of that no we're talking about within the hood like you know when you cross within buildings and the projects um in Harlem love Harlem Harlem is pretty much home because Washington Heights is the neighborhood north of Harlem. Like, we always argue where does Harlem and Washington Heights begin. Again, I say 145th Broadway. 
that's where Harlem ends, unless you're all the way on the east side, because you could be on 155th and 8th Ave, Polo Grounds, you're in Harlem, you're not in the Heights. So it's like these weird borderlines. Um, and still, like, the Heights has the black side of the Heights. And, you know, it's as racist as the word sounds saying it, it's not. It's just like pretty much once you hit 155th, 156, all the way up to the 170s, when basically anything east of Amsterdam is African American, as opposed to literally everything from Amsterdam west all the way to Riverside, meaning the whole rest of the island on that side is all pretty much Dominican. It's still, and that was up to Broadway because. Before I left from Broadway to Riverside, was a uh, pretty white or higher class, uh, higher class in the economic system people because those are the nice buildings, those are nice huge apartments, those New York apartments that don't really exist no more unless you got money. They're over there in the Riverside. Um, so I saw all those imaginary lines early, but I also saw that I could cross all of them early. On my arm, I have the logo of New York City there, the trademark logo, the I Heart New York logo tattooed. I tattooed it on my arm the day before I moved to Florida. And I think it's because I finally realized that I was not coming back, but I didn't want to forget where I was from. I still don't, because again, it was just too much that the city taught me. I know I can get off at any train station, any train line, and I know where I'm at because I've done it. I don't think I've not seen a train station in New York. As wild as that sounds, that's what I would do. That was my fun. I didn't have to tell nobody that this is what I was doing. I've explored the city in and out. I've walked the streets of New York up and down, up and down, street by street, avenue by avenue. The city's not dangerous. Stupid people are dangerous. And that goes for both the stupid people that are from the city doing stupid things and the stupid people that are not from the city. New York has rules. And it's... If you ever go there, whether you visit or you plan to go live there, talk to a New Yorker. Learn all the rules. Don't stare at people. You're going to see a lot of weird shit. Don't stare at people. That's a fight. From the youngest person to the oldest person, male, female, doesn't matter. You know, the train station is not a photo shoot. Move the hell out of the way. We're trying to get to where we're going fast. Everything has to get done. New Yorkers, we don't play. We just knock things down. We on the go all the time. Um, again, living in other states, traveling around the world, I've noticed we are the busy bees. The only other place that I could say compared to how we move in New York was Tokyo. And I'm like, damn, yo, like now I can see that imagery from the movies when you just see people moving back, like all in one giant, that one moving one direction, one moving in the other direction, walking through the tunnels and trains and everything. I'm like, wow, we really do look like robots. In this whole mechanical world, and it's like when you do that outside view, we're like, damn. So when everybody tells me, why did you leave New York? I was like, I was tired of the rat race. Why keep fighting to reach a status amongst millions and millions and millions of people 
that are all just as qualified as you because that's the thing in New York. We understand we're all just as qualified as the next person. So we, we you know, we get in our bag quick. And it's always a competition because you have to reach the next status. You have to beat the next person. Next person can't have more than you. And I was tired of that. You know, when we keep going through our life, it might seem like pretty much I've always been held at that number one position. Like, I don't feel like anybody's really out, like, outdone me at anything in this life or like I was never number one. Like I was always one. I always won. And yet didn't feel like a winner because what's the point of winning at your level? How do I get to the next level? How do they let me in? I want to win at that level. That was very tiring. But it's a must. It's a something you have to go through. It's going to set you up for the rest of your life. When Diddy said, if you can make it here, you can make it anywhere. He's not lying. But what I tell people at the time, guess what? If you made it in New York, leave. Because if you made it in New York, you're going to dominate everywhere else. Dominate. With no effort. Because the type of energy and effort that you're going to bring is going to be unmatched. The only other people that are going to match it is fellow New Yorkers. So don't move to a place with a whole bunch of New Yorkers as well. Um, and that's one of those hustles, that New York hustle, that 24-7 mentality that I love about the city. Um, and again, it was something that I knew when I was young. I was a fan of all New York sports teams except the New York Knicks. I've always hated the New York Knicks my entire life. Um and people ask me, they would not understand, like, why the blind hatred towards the New York Knicks? And I'm like, it's not blind. I'm actually more woke than everybody. The Knicks are a disgrace. The organization is a disgrace. Madison Square Garden is a disgrace to New York City. We have to let go of some of this nostalgia. They sun us. They charge high prices and they make moves based on money. They don't worry about winning. They don't worry about the reputation of the city. New York is for winners. And I always understood that the Knicks were always going to lose. Even during the dynasty of the Hewing, Starks, and Mason, you know, all the Oakley and all of those guys. doesn't matter. I understood the Knicks were going to lose. Why? Because their mind wasn't right. It wasn't in the New York State of mind, those people that was controlling everything. It's not the ball players. They're going to play ball. They big. That's their job. They don't want to lose playing basketball. But it's just how everything moves. So that's why I've always been a Nick hater. I've always been a hater of anything that's not. Not that it's not winning because I'm a good loser, even though it rarely happens. It's just that I don't like the lack of hustle. I don't like the lack of... Wanting to be the best, I don't like the lack of wanting to be number one. If you ain't first, you're last, period. I don't take consolation prices. Um, and that's the big thing about New York. Hence why a lot of players don't want to go play on the Knicks or in the Giants or any, because it's just so much pressure. They say there's nothing like the New York media. It's because there's nothing like the New York people. We love hard, we hate hard. There's no room for in-betweens. But 
back to the city itself. Um, yeah, so I got to really, really work my way around the city, eat all kinds of food. Uh, I was never really a fan of fast food for that reason, I guess, because there's always access. Like seven, eight dollars was gonna get you a real meal. You go down to Little Italy. You know, I love going down to Little Italy during the San Gennaro Festival. And since a kid, and I would go every year, even as an adult, teenager, whatever, because I knew that there I was gonna eat some fried Oreos. I was gonna have some Italian sausage and peppers. Like it was just a mix of Italian culture, even though like pretty sure the Italians from Italy be like, yo, we're not like this. Well, for us, that was a great feel. And now it made me want to one day go to Italy. I made it to Europe. I still haven't made it to Italy because that has to be a trip on its own. Because, you know, you go to Little Italy in the Bronx, dead in the middle of Little Italy. Literally, we know that we riddle to middlemen who didn't do diddly. That's a classic. You can't mention the Bronx in Little Italy and not spit that verse that is so New York. Um, little things like that is where I'm like, yo, you can't get that anywhere else. St. Patty's Day, March 17th, that's one of my favorite days of all time. Why? Because, again, we get to celebrate the culture, the Irish culture, which is so big in New York, Chicago. Living here in Miami, I've tried to celebrate St. Patty's Day. It is weak. It's just basically people wanting to get drunk and not even know what the hell they're doing. And that might sound like what it is everywhere else. It's not. Oh, New York, that's what people do, too. They get stupid or get drunk. Nah, we do it different. Chicago, they do it different. Like, there's an actual celebration of the culture. It's not just people getting drunk. Um, It also brings a lot of people together. You don't see all cultures down here celebrating St. Patty's Day. It's literally a set of people doing it. Um. In New York, you have a lot of festivals, a lot of parades celebrating the different cultures. The Puerto Rican Day Parade is a classic. As dangerous as it might have been in the past, it's a classic. Um, the West Indian Day Parade, that's a classic. Um, the Dominican Parade. Thanksgiving Parade. Like, there's so many like things that New York does to bring people together that it, like, you just forget those lines. You know, I don't see people spurring out hate words. When I was in New York, like, I do it everywhere else. Like, to hear people say the word nigger, like, it's no problem. Like, as in, in the hateful way that I'm just like, wait, what? Like, but again, it's just, I got to remind myself that I'm not home. Because home, I wouldn't even have to react. Everybody around would react first. Because that's how quick it is that we don't tolerate that. Um, I vividly remember 9-11. I was a ninth grader in my history class. I remember being dazed out, looking out that window and just seeing all the smoke from those towers. Still not understanding what was going on. I didn't realize what was going on until almost midday when I was at lunch because it was one of those bad days. I just woke up. I was tired. So kids are crying. Parents are picking up kids all day. That's all I'm hearing over the last week. So and so, your parents are here to pick you up. People are freaking out. I didn't realize it until I went to the store, went to the back, ordered my two dollar hero with a nutty fifty cent soda, tropical fantasy, and I go to pay for it. And I see people crying watching the news. And still, I don't get. It. I went to walk out the store, 
And I'm like, what the hell is people looking at? I come back in and I look up and I'm like, wait, what? I remember the chill and I went down my back. I was like, wait, what? I went back to um, school after lunch. I think I had fifth period lunch. By my sixth, seventh period, my mom had already gotten there to go pick me up. Because trains were shut down, everything was shut down. So she got a friend to come pick me up in the car. And I just remember how crazy the city was. But I remember days after it all, when things cleared up a bit, going down to volunteer to help all the people that were impacted by it, uh, down there in the Lower East Side and all of that, because there was just so much debris. People couldn't breathe. There was no way to get food or access, you know, for the elderly. So we just went down there to help however we could. And what I saw in the city after that, the sense of community, camaraderie, the whole city came together. You know, when Giuliani and Bush and all of them were saying, you know, they, the terrorists try to break us down. They try to, you know, they thought they could rip the heart out of us, this country, the city. They failed. They were not lying. They failed because it did the exact opposite for us. We came together. This whole country felt what our little tiny city took as a hit. As a hit. The entire country felt it. People felt it. September 11 comes around, and I still, like, get dark. But in a good way, because it's just like, yo, we were tested, and we made it. They made a mistake by testing New York first, is what I always said. Because we don't fall. Period. And that's what it's called, being from New York. So, you know... I understand why people from Jersey or from upstate New York go on. They want to say I'm from New York. People from Connecticut just say they say I'm from New York. People from Pennsylvania, Philly, even though they got Philly, they always say I'm from New York. Because it's very easy to identify with the city. Um, and the city will identify with you. Know that. And I think this episode, I just wanted to give a feel for New York, at least for my love for New York, because I feel like in the other episodes gave a very grim view of New York at that time. And like I said, even though it was gray, things were going on in my specific neighborhood and in other neighborhoods, but especially mine. The city is great. The city is beautiful. The city's harmonious. The sounds of the city, the smells of the city, the people of the city. And... Pretty much, you know, make it there. You want recommendations on what you should do, what you should see, how do you get to see the most of it and really see what I'm talking about? Shoot me an email, chefkelly at gmail.com. Shoot me a DM at, you know, chefkelly on Instagram. And, yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I Again, I didn't know where I was going to go with this episode. I just know that I really wanted to give a feel for how I feel about the city, my love for New York, as I'm looking at my New York City Lego project that I put together in my garage here. I got a little New York City Lego thing, that architecture stuff. Uh, New York City puzzles hanging around. It's like, yeah, man, I'm so NY. And if you ever have the opportunity to go there, so will you. If you've been there, you feel a little New Yorker in you. So, 
Like always, peace, love. Do something for someone else. And until next week, guys, love.